was like a lot to do. What do you mean by that? It was just I don't know. Like uh, we live in such like a culture of uh, uh, oh that's the right way to do things. That's the wrong way to do things. That oh, it's <laughs> it's like walking on landmines out here. You're like betrothed to any word or line you type or write or say. Yeah, oh, I agree. You know, and I I don't even just mean like you know cancer culture stuff. You know, for I know. you know tried I, carefully, my friend. Oh God, <laughs> trust me if. if we haven't been canceled yet. Uh, <laughs> especially when comics come on. Shit really just kind of gets away oh, from Lord us. Lord have mercy. Yes. But uh, th- I know what you mean, though, man. Like, you know, the uh, especially in terms of uh, people saying, like, you know, we should change this and change that. Like, I don't want to say the name of them, but I was talking to some people today because there, there are all these Cleveland accounts now and Cleveland-based companies that are just trying to promote Cleveland. And I, I greatly struggle with what they're doing. Yeah. You know, they're like, uh, I don't know. They're just like... Come to Cleveland, great food. Here's a list of our restaurants. Like I could have googled that. I don't need you for this. I don't know. I, I don't know. I struggle with it, and then I just don't understand it, and I don't know. I don't know. But then they get really big, and now there are these companies that have boards of directors, and it's it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to connect that because I don't. I still don't know what they. They're like, well, we promote Cleveland. I'm like, most of us do that. Well, I mean, I have a podcast. The, what would have been the equivalent to that before social media? Like, is it sort of like the next evolution of something that preceded that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what... I mean, well, how old are you? Uh, in music years or... <laughs> no, I'm 38. 38, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm 44. So I'm, I'm about... It's funny, we've had this talk a couple times, so I'm kind of like halfway in between... Like, half my life with a cell phone, half my life without it. Ah, I got you. So, and, like, you know, like, people that are younger, like, my, my nephews will always ask, like, man, how did you guys, like, do stuff when you were younger? I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, well, how did you guys get together? I'm like, we were really good at planning shit. Like, right. <laughs> like, if I called you Friday and you didn't pick up, I didn't see you till school on Monday. Right, like, that right. was just it, you know? Dude. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what, what, like, what that was for, like, the 90s or the early 2000s. I, I don't, and now it's... Mary Kay Cosmetics. <laughs> Fuck, yeah. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> right. Tupperware clubs. Tupperware clubs, carbon jewelry. Yeah. Apparently our podcast page really looks like we're good for carbon jewelry. We get help for that a lot. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they're like, you think we'd be a great ambassador. I'm like, based on what? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, what am I putting out there? Promoted all... on. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All the time. Every time I post something about any guest... Which is pretty much the only post I have. Just post about you know the the, the latest guest, They're like awesome, promoted on. I'm like, no, I just promoted it. That's 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 the extent of my promotion. I don't know what else to do. Right, right. So. Well, cool, man. I appreciate you coming in. So, Mikey Silas, am I pronouncing it right? You got it. Awesome. Sorry, I've had a couple. Well, we were just talking about it when Rachel from Shore Society came, and I thought her had her last name nailed. She's like, no, nah, that's not it. I'm still not sure cool. what it was. Off to a great start. Yeah, wait, Koenig or Koenig. Your... Something that I think was a lie, because it looked like Koenig to me. It did. <laughs> so musician, actor, promoter, collaborator, you got a lot going on all the time, in a good way, too. Try to stay busy, and that's good. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, music is the one that you're, at least I think that you're most known for, but I've also had a couple of musicians on that do a lot of other things, like musicians that also do like theater stuff. Is music your, your primary number one? Yeah, for sure, right now. It's always been kind of my number one since I was, uh, since I was a, a, a little gay. <laughs> I was a little one. Um, uh, I love 
the Disney movie soundtracks, like The Lion King. and Okay. Um, so I started to teach myself how to play piano off of those things. Um, I took piano lessons with a family friend for like a couple months and um, was really just started getting really into music charts and then I started trying to figure out how to play all the songs on the radio and then I got sucked into theater because yeah. I was like, oh, you'll just play the piano for me and I can just sing? Sounds great. <laughs> but I was primarily an athlete, though, all the way through high school um, and kind of did the theater jump in high school. Okay. Ended up following it through college and did it for um, professionally, for the most part, in Chicago for about 10 or 11 years. Okay. Um, and then moved back to Cleveland in um, uh, 2016 and have been doing music here ever since. So what was your... Uh what was your sport of choice? Uh, it was hockey, baseball, and swim. Ah, oh, it's too bad Brian wasn't here. Brian was a hockey player, too. I caught, I caught that in one of yeah. the earlier Brian episodes. loves, Brian's a hockey guy. It's funny. I've never met a Puerto Rican guy that does hockey. It's just not a thing. <laughs> Brian's the only one. <laughs> is he so, from Cleveland area? Yeah, he is. Okay. He's from, like, old is. Brooklyn, I think, is where he grew up. Uh, they, they had a good hockey program growing up. I think they did. He said they were pretty good. Well, that's what he said. I have no idea if that's true, and I haven't done no research to debunk that. Right. I wouldn't do that to him. So he might find out they're terrible, or he never played. Yeah, we don't so, have any fact-checking here. There's so. zero. But yeah. I've gotten texts about things that we've said, and like people have been like, that's not true. So. Like, just the way we pronounce things. <laughs> <laughs> it's true today. Yeah. I'm just like, we're relaxed. Is that all you took away from it, that I can't pronounce things right? So you said... So, Early on, you got the soundtracks, the Disney stuff. So, so you kind of caught creative, even maybe if you didn't pursue it right away, but you kind of caught the creative portion kind of early. Yeah, absolutely. And there was some stuff with like, uh, like I grew up in a Unitarian church, which is kind of like a church for people who don't really care about religion to a certain degree. Um, and uh, they used to do uh, musicals and things like that. So okay. that was kind of some of my first intro, like introductions to entertainment came through. The theater, essentially. My dad used to take us to Playhouse Square when we were little. Um, and so that's been kind of like, uh, I've always been interested or engaged with watching performances for a long time. And then eventually just started to get interested in doing it as well. Do you, early on, did you have an issue performing in front of people? I don't think so. I think I was always a little bit of the more outgoing type a little bit. I've always thought that was a personality trait. You know, like being able to like give speeches or being able to like speak in front of people or, or like perform in front of people. Like I think you can get better at it with practice, but I also think that some people just can't do that. They're, it's just not in their DNA. They're like, they get up there and all they see are the faces and the sea, and then they can't they disassociate that. Especially in a speech, eighty percent of them ain't listening anyway. Right, right. Like I've never had a problem with that per se. Um, and I can kind of BS my way through it, you know, even if I don't even know the topic fully. But I also <laughs> know other people that, you know, they, you know, they would get up there, even a room full of six people. And, 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 you know, they would panic and, you know, they would noticeably, like, stand. They, just everything changed. Even though they knew everything cold and that's not their personality and you knew them better. It's right. Just, I just always thought that was something it's that... It's a little bizarre to me. Like, uh, mm. I'm not trying to be, like, disrespectful to people who have that uh, ism <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. But the no, yeah. uh, but I work with kids at like School of Rock where I teach a couple days a week, um, and I just have a hard time understanding like how come you don't love this sometimes. Oh <laughs> yeah, no I I I'm the same for a lot of things. So some things I just I don't get it, 
But, you know, I'm also the same way with other things that I can't stand, and people are like, how can you not like this? I mean, obviously, it, it's, it's all subjective, and it's, it's your personal per preference, but it is harder for me to understand not liking, not liking something like that or not being into it or something like that. Yeah, or just understanding, like, like where does that nervousness stem from? Or Oh, or who that, knows? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, you know, bad parenting. I think we'll probably just leave it there. <laughs> yeah, TV. I don't know. <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> You know, and I thought actually even now it would be kind of easier just because of the access that everyone has to everything. Because technically they're performing with TikTok, they're performing on Instagram, and they see it all and they have more access to it and they have better, other ideas or other this or other that. So, but I mean, again, still, I just, I don't know. I know people that were really, really easy to talk to growing up, but man, you put more than a couple people in the room and they had to say something everything changed you know, just, my mom's one of those people like yeah. she's not a um my dad was always a very like outgoing person and social butterfly everywhere well, my mom is like i don't she wants nothing to do with it so really i guess if i think about it it's kind of close to home actually <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't my uh my dad was a my dad was a criminal defense attorney so there wasn't really an option for him to not to clam up or else people would literally go to jail right 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 well so, my mom the same way she never really had an issue with it either but uh my sister was a little bit more cl like clammed up like it took her a while like you know when she got into the workforce and had to do it a lot more it, she got but but initially she was like that was fucking terrible <laughs> i can't stand that so well good for you being able to just kind of start and not really have a problem with it because if you did have a problem with it the music would have been it would have taken a hit Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be really hard. Like, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> I've even ha I've been in uh, bands where, like, someone would say, they would realize, like, we've written enough songs. And I I remember this, like, vividly, where the, one of the girls in the band was just like, um, are we really going to play in front of people? And I'm like, fuck, I don't know why we didn't talk about this. I guess we all just assumed that we knew that was the end goal and right. quit. <laughs> She's like, I can't play in front Dang. of people. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. So Chicago, are, so are you from here? Yeah, I was okay. born in, uh, uh, I grew up in Cleveland Heights, essentially. Okay, cool. Cleveland Heights, and then you moved to Chicago, what, right after high school? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, you went to you went to college in Chicago for a performing, it was a performing arts? Yeah, I went to uh, Columbia College in Chicago. People okay. go, oh, Columbia. <laughs> like, no, not that one. <laughs> I didn't have those SAT scores. <laughs> no, the one that we can all get into. Exactly. <laughs> Open admissions. <laughs> You gotta fight your way to the top. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, I did see that when I saw that, I was like, "Oh shit!" Good for yeah. you. Well, you gotta be smart in a different way at that school. Oh, it's yeah. kind of survival of the of the fittest over there. No, I, I really like going to that school though, an open admissions art school, um, because it it was ran much like a professional environment um, in terms of just like uh, in terms of art how you show up to auditions, keeping your, uh, I guess I'm being a little specific, but like, you know, just kind of keeping your, uh, keeping your, uh, your word on things, you know, like you give, you could get blacklisted at the school. I well, there's still technically like a, a curriculum in a way. Oh, to total, total deadlines curriculum. And I shit mean, like I had that. like those, like I did all of my fun classes in my first two years and then I kind of like, it took me nine years to finish my undergrad. Um, don't remind my mom, but the uh, took nine years to do because I did all my fun classes the first couple years, and then I started doing theater, and then I went back and finished actually, which was kind of common at that school. But um, but the school had such an open admissions, wide range of people. It was much more like what it's like actually being an artist or an actor or a performer, 
trying to find your way through a crowd, build an identity or a brand um, amongst a lot of people trying to do the same thing. So being able to kind of like find like who, who are your like-minded people, who's on your team, who, who are the directors, the organizers for different things. I feel like kind of living and surviving in that type of environment uh, in college like plays really well to some of the stuff you were talking about earlier about kind of, oh, being involved in promoting events or being a musician, uh, doing acting and all these other types of things. You know, just kind of like in Chicago, there's such a plethora of those things. Yeah. And the school just really kind of brought all that together. You'd mentioned that uh, you went back and finished and it was pretty common. Now, is that because, like, it's probably like more in like a city like Chicago New York, or obviously anywhere like in, in Los Angeles, is that while you're going to school, you're also simultaneously maybe trying to book gigs or shows or anything like that. So if something does come up, the school takes a backseat while you kind of work on a paying gig or whatever you want to call it, and then kind of go back to finish up. Is that what you mean by it's kind of common to... Yeah, I mean, I think there could be a couple reasons. One, it is kind of an open admission school, so it's kind of like... Oh, I kind of came here because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then after a year or two, they're like, this isn't what I want to do. Mm. Um, but I also kind of, there's there's a lot of opportunity to immediately start working as an actor. The school actually encouraged that type of thing. They're like, hey, the city's huge. There's a lot of you guys in this in this program. By all means, go see what's out there type of a thing. Um, so a lot of people would do that thing where they would, the smart kids went to like a community school first and did like the gen ed things and then transferred into the school later. Um, but the, yeah, I think it was just a hard school. It's, it's a downtown campus, a lot of stuff going on in the city. You know, it's, it's a lot that could pull you away from, uh, from responsibilities at that time, I guess. So when you, is it like a general st- I guess, for lack of a better term, because I went to a boring college. Where'd you go to school? John Carroll. Oh, okay. Yeah, Sorry. a boring college. <laughs> I got good facilities there. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's a, like a, when you say like a, uh, I'm trying to think of how to word this. So is it a, I don't know, like, because I know open admissions, I know what you mean by that, and you're kind of coming, but and there is curriculum and deadlines and things like that, but are you picking almost like a direction I guess what we would call like a major oh yeah for sure so the um, so Columbia College in uh, in Chicago is one of the largest film producing okay. like film programs in the country outside of LA so a lot of like the guy who made the boondocks went to Columbia College um, so there's a lot of like that's the only one I can think off the top of my head whatever um, but the uh, <laughs> it's one more than I knew <laughs> <laughs> Um, so they have, they have the different programs. They have the film program, and within that program you have directing, film writing, or screenwriting, okay. or whatever. So in the theater department you have directing, acting. Um, when I started there, if you wanted to be a musical theater person, which is what I was, you had to take music classes in the music department, acting classes in the acting department, and dance classes in the dance department. Now, when I came back after a few few years of being out, they had consolidated all that to one program. Okay. But um, but yeah, you can definitely choose your focus um, and a concentration within within a, a larger degree. There. And you knew what you wanted right away. Uh, yeah. Okay. Because yeah, I love I've I've done straight theater, which is a what we say for like plays without music or whatever. Um, I didn't know what that meant. Thank you yeah. for that. <laughs> I really <laughs> didn't. <laughs> I was like straight theater. Hmm. Um, the uh, but the music theater because music has always been my first love. Sure. Just kind of bring it back to to that, I guess. But like, uh, um, 
to me, there's just there's nothing better than music and theater. Like I said, I only got into it because I wanted to sing, and uh, I love the I, I love exploring ideas or character development or these sort of like um, uh, sort of character arcs that happen within a song. Um, so then to okay. take that from like a play standpoint and uh, stretch that out over a whole two act um, uh, of a musical or whatever. Um, I, I love it. I love those things. There's so, there's there's a there's parallels to that to the acting and to like like songwriting if you want to call it. You know, absolutely. There's a hundred percent. I was talking to uh, the music director at School of Rock, this guy Tim Moon, and he um, we were talking about. I've been trying to teach this. I got this kid. He's like thirteen or something, and he has a voice deeper than mine. It was like Barry Manilow. <laughs> <laughs> Kid's a beast. But um, but I was trying to get him to like. Standing, I think he's about to be in high school, but like when he sings, he puts his hands in his pockets and he kind of waddles back and forth and stuff like that. I was like, dude, you got you got to loosen up a little bit, you know, like you got to entertain, you know. Like I think is, that's the hardest part. So, I, I think that is like you, like if you're standing there and you're singing and you're like behind a piano, you're playing guitar. I don't think anyone's expect, but when you just have the microphone, that's tough. No, I felt so bad. I was trying to make this kid like perform. Yeah, in like a little lesson room, and I was like, I'm not, I'm not gonna look. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna listen for the performance. <laughs> just, I don't want to put you on the spot too, too. Uh, it must be like petrifying to him. I went back to that, like that, that Ricky Bobby movie. He's like, I don't know what to do with my hands, and he starts <laughs> lifting his hands up. He's like, I'm singing, but I don't know what to do with my hands. What am I supposed to do with my hands? <laughs> this kid legit, oh, man, bless his heart. This kid legit did that. I was like, reach out for something. He just arm just went straight up like that. Nah. <laughs> <I can't laughs> he see. just lifts his hands up <laughs> like, don't cry for me, you Yeah, it was, it was bizarre. So I was talking to Tim Moon after the lesson, and I was like, man. I think the hardest thing I'll ever have to do as sort of like as like a teaching artist or instructor or whatever is to try to teach like an adolescent, um, well actually I'm not even going to be that specific, to teach somebody how to step into like a persona on stage or to, yeah. or to embrace stage presence. Um, and Tim kind of narrowed it down. He was like, well, there's two different things. There's like vocal coaching and then there's sort of... Um, performance coaching so we're kind of like we're just kind of teetering more towards the performance side of things and we talk a little bit about uh, to go back to the theater thing and the sort of character arcs how each song tends to have a narrative in it there, there's a character usually in the song okay and while i feel like in a lot of rock scene or popular music or whatever the word theater gets kind of like uh, it's a little scary to somebody. It's like it's almost like a turn off at a certain point. Uh, it's, it's fucking theater, man. Theater fucking sucks. You know, the people automatically sort of discredit something um, because it has that sort of uh, association to it. Okay. But really, the best artists I feel and the best songwriters really understand what it means to step into into a performance of of a storyline or. And, and how to bring that to life in either miniature ways or very minuscule details. And, you know, that's when you're getting re really fine acting, really fine interpretation of things. And so I, I think that there's a lot to that type. When you understand those types of things, I feel like it really helps you transcend um, a certain barrier or level as a performer. That makes sense. But I also understand 
after you kind of like dissected it like that, how that's hard to convey to somebody. Oh yeah. If you're like like the whether it be the singing, well actually no, that's probably more on the performance art side to try to convey that to somebody. Like if it's a song you wrote, I guess I can see the emotional attachment in some way, whether it's a happy song or a sad song. If you wrote it and it came from you, I think you might be easier for you to get into it. But 100. maybe someone if you're singing someone else's song. You're like, well, I don't know. I mean, I always liked the song. Yeah, but I ain't right. I calm down. You know, I'm not. Fuck the song about <laughs> yeah, me. I'm not gonna fucking cry. So, <laughs> so when that comes up, I think if anyone out there is listening, that's a, uh, a musician or a singer or something like that, and maybe maybe you're sitting at home and you're thinking about these things at night. I don't know. But like, uh, <laughs> one of the things you could do if you don't like, let's so kind of put in context of trying to get like a 12 year old to sing a song that's about like you know overcoming addiction or something like that like they probably, as we all should right <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like they're not really going to have a direct experience to relate to that necessarily right so yeah. you can sometimes just focus more on like dynamics and diction and how you attack phrases and where you're breathing and the silence between notes and if you just focus on those elements of like uh, technique and performance and everything a lot of times the the quote unquote acting of the song or the or the performance of it will naturally fall into place too. Yeah, that yeah that makes sense. And it's yeah, but yeah, that's got to be so hard. And, and then then factor in it's a younger person too. Like what you said, even if you explain the song to him, like I'm twelve. <laughs> Yeah. Like I just don't have these problems right now. Right, right. <laughs> you know, like overcoming addiction or is, man, I don't yeah, know. or being thrown in jail. Thank God. You know, yeah. I haven't, I haven't experienced that yet. <laughs> well, today we're gonna do some Leonard Skinner songs, yeah. everybody. You know? Yeah, today we're gonna do some Johnny Cash. That guy lived a hard life. I know you can all relate. <laughs> all ten, all ten year olds can all relate <laughs> right. to Johnny Cash's book of business. So it's funny we get a lot of kids uh, who. Uh, come in with certain musical taste in mind already and it's like that was your my dad next question. told you to sing this song that was my next you? question yeah, yeah. <laughs> your mom really liked no doubt yeah because there's the, yeah because <laughs> you just sit there just do the math and you're like you're 10 it's a no doubt song that came out your mom yeah that's your mom yeah, yeah your mom came up with that it hasn't happened so very rare. often but i have some students that have parents that are a little younger than me and i'm like whoa this is fucking weird <laughs> oh yeah Oh yeah, I, I, it's so rare that you're gonna have a kid that's really kind of into some of those things too, because they have to be exposed to it. Oh yeah. You know, like I, I my buddy has a, a a daughter. She's 16 now, but he always had like a really this pretty impressive like vinyl collection. And growing up, you know, she was really into like Joni Mitchell, and she loved Elton John. She was she was a, a rarity. Like my friend. Yeah, she was a rarity. I'm just like. That sounds like someone I would hang out with, but currently she's 11. <laughs> but she grew up that way. I think that's to be kind of instilled because I just don't think that that's going to happen as much, especially because there's not really radio anymore. And it's almost like there's too much, not too much music, but like we were joking around about this, like, you know, streaming service, so all those things. There's just so much out there. I don't even know where to start sometimes. If I want to find new music or if I want to find a new movie or a new show, I just can't even keep up with everything. Yeah. It's just, there's so much, which is a good thing. And also sometimes it's a bad thing because I just don't, I just can't find stuff, or I'm never gonna come across it. And I just kind of stick to the same four bands that I followed yeah, for 30 years. We're all and if caught someone, in our own algorithms of life, very much. Yeesh. I'm super caught in mind. Yeah, I get any new music is just like the four bands that I've always kind of just stuck with, and usually a television show if I hear it in the background. Yeah, yeah. Shazam is the greatest invention of all time. I, love Shazam, I can just dude. find it really quick. Yeah. How yeah. about like a how about ending credit TV show songs? Those all are the best, dude. Yeah, all They're the so time. Good. 
good. Tune Find, I'll always go to Tune Find. Just yeah, type yeah. in the show, type in Tune Find, go to the season, go to the episode. I'm like, yeah, right when Johnny was falling off the bridge. I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I find it. Yeah, I tend to stick to uh, like on Netflix and whatever those services are. Like, I try to look for like the superhero stuff. I know you're talking about a lot of Marvel stuff in your last episode. Yeah, um, to watch a lot of superhero and sci-fi end of the world. The world exploded. Now we're living on a spaceship. Shows. Yeah, those so, usually have really good music. Yeah, they do. <laughs> horror movies usually have really good music. Um, because they'll horror movies will mix it up with really good music and sometimes like weird kind of classical music, like classic rock or something that I completely forgot about. Because for some reason, well, like Stranger Things kind of does that a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, very much, very, very much. And, and I, I love Stranger Things for that reason. Because like all of a sudden everyone's into Master of Puppets. Most people probably thought that came out in the last couple of years. Right, right. For <laughs> you sure. know, but everyone's just like, oh, that's from the eighties. Oh, it's a really good song. It kind of. <laughs> is, I wonder if like uh, I don't. I'm not sure what the timeline is, but like Guardians of the Galaxy galaxy kind of really brought that uh brought that sort of like phenomena back to like just putting a whole era of songs into one compilation yeah you you know who i thought i still think probably did it better because he revived songs that most people probably didn't know and they became instantly popular when his movies came out was quentin tarantino because he would then put like uh like uh stuck in the middle with you came out no one knew who that what that song was and now everyone knows what that song is because of that scene in Reservoir Dogs. Oh, yeah. You know, and then you do, obviously, Pulp Fiction had a bunch of those. I mean, they just, at least my opinion, like, I'd, I'd be like, oh, that's a really good song. Turns out it was 30 years ago. But, yeah, that's, when you place a song, like, a key, a, a good song in a key moment, I'm going to be more attached to that song. I just am. That's just the way I am. But there's a lot of those for me. Yeah, well, I tried to explain to some of the uh, some of my uh, like the the youth that I that I work with who love Queen, like they just they love Queen. I'm like, y'all wouldn't even know who Queen was if it wasn't for Wayne's World. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I really doubt Queen would have had that s- big bump into like into sort of like all time immortalized yeah. rock bands of all time had bohemian rhapsody not been sort of like revived in that wayne's world scene. and that in that scene and yeah. the headbanging scene everyone's like what is that song and even like even before the biopic came out you know people would be like yeah i, I don't really i'm not into queen I'm like, there'd be no biopic without wayne's world because i believe that 100 <laughs> percent. there is some truth to that <laughs> but like those like you know being people a lot of people don't know that they actually even know a queen song I'm like, yeah, you know, you probably know two of them. You just don't know it's Queen. Yeah. Everyone knows has heard Fat, fat Bottom Girls. You just don't know that that's a Queen song because they're kind of all over the place in terms of kind of how they how they write. Which actually, I did want to ask you then too because yeah. I, when I listen to like your music, it's it's not that it's necessarily all over the place, but I do kind of and it's whenever someone's listening to it, it's usually kind of whatever they take in from it. So I can definitely hear. Blues, I think that's pretty in funk. I, I think the guitar, I think, is pretty. At least it's obvious to me. I think I hear it kind of quickly. But then other songs, I hear other. I just hear not necessarily other. I just get different vibes from it, and I, I'm sure it's intentional. But like, uh, Gypsy Riders. Uh, yeah, Gypsy Rising. Gypsy Rising. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Gypsy Rising. Um, when I was listening to that, I got a very like a. Almost like a Peaky Blinders, Nick Cave vibe from it. I love Nick Cave. Yeah, I do too. But I'll tell you what the inspiration was. So that song we recorded um, right when the 
So pandemic started like early 2020 and we recorded that EP in that summer. Yeah. Um, and uh, shout out to, uh, I can't remember the name of the studio, never mind. <laughs> shout out to no one. Um, <laughs> we recorded uh, the EP Lilith. Um, and uh, the song Gypsy Rising was on that one. Yeah. Um, and the... One of my last, in my last couple of years living in Chicago, I was low-key, not low-key from Thor, but low-key, bro. Um, low-key <laughs> in love with this Serbian dude. And we kind of, we dated a little bit, kind of, not really, I'm not, I don't know. But, like, we used to watch a lot of Eurovision and stuff like that together. I've kind of dated plenty of people, so <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. So he showed me this, this Serbian like cabaret jazz singer whose name i believe was bozo um and bozo was a sort of this very macabre pale face black eyeliner like satiny see-through lacy black outfits and very expressive with his arms and so not the child's birthday type clown no, no. Okay, no. I got more of a terrifier. <laughs> okay. He would have been great for the pandemic, though. Um, oh, yeah, a pandemic birthday. Yes, <laughs> this guy would definitely fit in. Oh, this birthday sucks. We got Bozo. 2020 Quiet, sucks. Rat. Eat your yeah. cake and shut the fuck up. Uh, so Bozo had this very sort of like, he's surrounded by all these instruments, these strings, and it was very uh, gypsy-inspired European um, feel to it. Uh and so when I sat down to do that song, I had that image and that character, I guess, in my mind. And I've always kind of thought, man, if I ever got to that level of artistry and that, that confidence to stand there and just like ooze emotion from a very raw, dark, everything's terrible in my life type of place, <laughs> <laughs> like that'd be sick, man. So, um, so that song was kind of written with that in mind a little bit okay um in terms of production uh now the dude tyler who played guitar on that actually played uh the bazooki yeah bazooki that's the name of it wait what's the gun bazooka bazooka the oh the gun is i was thinking like a bazooka like a rocket launcher <laughs> okay yeah so bazooki then okay sorry i'm not super well versed in uh greek uh, instruments but <laughs> but he played you he could have said it i wouldn't have known <laughs> and he uh he was oh yeah we are in fact checking yeah i'm like guitar um, <laughs> you could have said guitar tiny a, guitar a tiny string yeah. and you do a lot of though i will fingers. say so the, the the guitar the guitar sound it definitely didn't sound like just like a normal acoustic or electric it did sound a little more unique and i think that's what kind of gave me more of a just a different vibe than say like lilith or something or or, right. or uses me something like that it, it was just different so that was definitely like an intentional like step in that direction and hopefully one day some of these songs all sort of make it into like a musical of sorts um and that would be kind of one of the songs i could imagine being in a more theatrical production for sure it's it is it's just that one stood out just because it was just different than the well because i was listening to all of them right in a row or shuffle either way and uh it just it stood out right away just because it had just a, a very different vibe, and I've always liked that. I've always, and I have liked Queen because of things like that. Like I, I, I love, I love just mixing it up. Like I've, I have a, a lot of songs that I really, really like, 
and I come across this band, I come across a song, and I'm like, that song really just hit me. Like, I love it. And then I listen to the whole album, and I'm like, every song on that album sounded exactly just like that one. You know, just whether it's the, the, the vocalist is kind of, I don't want to say limited, but, you know, the, it's just it kind of makes all the songs sound the same because right, of the vocals right. <clears throat> or same tempo, same everything. You know, that's... Yeah. that's that's why, like, I really like punk music, but I understand why other people don't because they're like, yeah, I mean, what's the difference here? Which I understand that, but but that is very I I love that by anyone that does that. Yeah, so I think that that EP in particular, we sort of ended up with four like kind of different uh, distinct styles on that on that yeah. EP. So when we when we released it, we definitely had the intention of each of those songs being a launching point of the different styles and directions that we could go in as a band. Um, and one of the things I really like about the band uh, Apostle Jones is the is that every we never do a show that's the same show. Uh, the songs are always a little bit different. I mean, fuck, we got like 12 people in the band. Sometimes we have five people, sometimes we have nine. One of my questions was, one, how many people are in the band, and two, <laughs> where the hell do you play? Because <laughs> most places, I've been in plenty of venues, I'm just like, I, you can barely fit five on stage sometimes. Right, right. Uh, we've, been, we've been really lucky to play out, and somehow it always works, and we've done like little tiny stages like Coda. <laughs> Have you ever been to Coda over there? I have honestly, I'm not even kidding. I just discovered Coda two years ago, but I've probably walked by it for ten years. Oh yeah, I just didn't know about it. And then, like, we were like last summer, I think, or, or maybe a little before then, we were just walking around Tremont, and someone's like, "What do you want to go in Coda and get a drink?" And I'm looking around, and I'm like, "Where?" <laughs> and then, like, down there, and it was down the steps, and oh, I yeah. went in there, and I was like, "How am I just finding this place? Is great." And yeah. I've been there like ten times since. Yeah, it's a great little spot. Like, when I was back in, like, 2018, um, I was working door at Coda. Like, that was kind of, like, my job this summer a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to move to Tremont, and I'm going to, like, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to do something. So, working at Coda, I walked out, and I ran into this building. Well, walked by this building, ran into the sign. Well, I'm looking at the sign. <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, it had this number, and I, I'm a big number astrology person. Like, I look for those symbols, and sure. oh, I'm on the right path today. Um, <laughs> and the uh, the the phone number, the address of the place was happened to be, like, a really significant number to me. And I was like, I'm going to call that number. And uh, to this day, I'm still renting from the guy who owned the place that I ended up living really? in for two <laughs> years. Yeah. But now I'm living over in Asia Town in the old church at the moment. Okay. Which I'm hoping will turn into something project someday but uh but yeah coda and tremont that's all, that was kind of like a place where i feel like a lot of the my musical steps started to really kind of have a little bit of uh traction okay well yeah I, obviously the 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 tracks and the songs we're talking about and you just mentioned is from apostle jones yeah so before we get into how that kind of came about where did the name come from uh, interesting. Um, <laughs> well, because like I go to your site, even when you're introducing the man, it's like you know, uh, apostle the person's name, apostle the person's name. So there's obviously a significant about it. You guys, I, I assume you were all just sitting around, just like that name sounds cool. Let's run with it. There's something behind it. It feels for sure. So there's like a. Sometimes I make up a story about it, <laughs> but like, but the real sort of like uh, the real spot where the name came from, it was earlier 2018 um and 
I was living. No, I had to be 2017. I'm sorry not to be be boring about dates. Again, fact checking. We don't do it. Uh, yeah, uh, numerology. <laughs> I don't um, even know who I would come on to fact check your dates. <laughs> Bitch, I saw your Instagram. That's wrong. <laughs> um, 20. So basically, I was sitting there. I hadn't really. I didn't really know a lot of people in the city, and I was trying to think. Well, what do I want to do musically? I knew I love blues. I felt like there was a little bit about like the blues experience that me as like. Uh, frankly as like a white person just can't really i felt it was a little shallow to be like i'm a blues singer because there's so much history behind like this the the music this the art form of blues and sure. the roots of it if you will um but at the time kendrick lamar was really was really at the top of the charts and he was doing what everyone was kind of lamenting as conscious hip-hop you know, the sort of hip-hop, exploring higher ideals and these various kind of stream-of-consciousness-feeling tracks. Yeah. So I was kind of like, well, what if I took blues and tried to take it away from some of the roots of it and combined it with this idea of this consciousness and higher consciousness? So then I kind of was like, so the Jones is kind of like a tribute to the blues and the Apostles kind of like a tribute to this sort of like idea of like spiritual awakenings and consciousness. And so I was like, Apostle Jones, that sounds like a good name. And I literally designed a logo for it, put it on Instagram. I was like, one day. And then about a year later, actually, we were I was forming a band with uh, the original guitar player for Apostle. Uh, his name is Anthony Hitch. And um, we started the band, and we're like exact opposites birthdays. Like, I'm a Leo. He's an Aquarius, which is, if you look at a Zodiac, we are opposite of each other. So I was like, so we had the name Mirrors for a minute. We were like, we're mirrors of each other. Wow. <laughs> deep um but then like but then we kind of then there were like literally a hundred other bands with the name mirror in it so we're like hey we gotta not change even kidding this. i was in one really i'm not even kidding i was in one. <laughs> how about it yeah that's where i got so yeah when you go to make that email you're like shit there's a lot of mirrors out here yeah <laughs> how funny is that man so we ended up kind of adapting to uh, Apostle Jones, and then the duo became a four-piece, and then that, then the four-piece became a five-piece, and just it's been evolving a little naturally ever since then. Yeah. The idea is to maybe one day get to twelve apostles, which is then where the website is, like Apostle Alex, Apostle Ray. Okay. Um, uh, but honestly, like having nine or ten people is quite a bit to manage already. Um, having fours, I mean, some bands can't handle four people. Running a and band is the hardest thing anyone will ever have to honestly, do. Honestly, well, I mean, you think about like, I mean, think about that. I mean, like, you think about bands that couldn't make it that had four. And I'm not saying that there's anything, like, like personally wrong with anyone in the band. But whenever you add a different, a different voice personality to a creative space, they want their voice or personality to be heard in that creative space. Yeah. And it can cause friction. It can even be friendly friction. It doesn't necessarily have to mean you're combative all the time. Right. But you're still adding another dimension to it. And you know, I don't think anyone necessarily, some may, might be, but no one necessarily wants to be like just like a hired gun. They want to kind of have their stamp on the song or the album or whatever that might be, which is completely understandable. Yeah. So good luck. <laughs> no, I tell you. 12 like people, say, if, you, if last, you get to 12, I'll last few years yeah. man it's been really uh no i've hit i've hit a wall like i definitely have made mistakes as sort of like a quote-unquote band leader and have had some people that um have wanted to just be hired guns and have people that have wanted to have more of a say artistically in things and then there's been like uh i don't say hard feelings there's been hard moments with some of those things and uh, i kind of feel like the pandemic in general kind of 
even though the band really, I hate to say it when everything was so shitty. I mean, I lost my dad in 2020 and just like everything was just real fucked up that year. Um, but the band did great. <laughs> you know, it was like a weird thing. It's because like we were, we kind of adopted this mentality at the beginning of it. Hey, if there's a, a chance to play, let's say there's no money involved or anything like that. Are we going to say yes? Yes, we are. And then it became, became this thing of like, hey, we could do this to help businesses bring people back. We could do this to help venues, like bring people back into the venues. And it kind of became like a, felt more of like a mission or like a, uh, there was, there was a, a purpose to what we were doing, which sure. what felt great. Um, and right before the pandemic, on like March 5th, we recorded a live from Cleveland album at WRUW for the Case radio station there. And um, we got the tracks back. I mean, we were a young band. We didn't master or mix shit and it sounded all right. So we just put it out there. Um, but we put it yeah. out March 23rd. And by that point, all the venues had shut down. So we did one of those band camp Fridays for them. And all the money we got from it, we sent out to like the different virtual tip buckets that people were doing. We sent it to... We like surprise, like donated to different bookers who had booked us before. You know, it's like, hey, you had our back. Here's here's a little like here's fifty bucks. You know, that's what we got right now. Hey, but so, I mean that uh, during that time, fifty bucks, it's fifty bucks, man. The fifty dude, bucks they didn't have. Absolutely. Some places really struggled. That's cool to do that too. You know, like the I, I remember walking into places during the pandemic, and you know, just like I mean, I would just you know, go to like a local place to get food. You know, we made sure that we would go to like a local place to get food if we want to do. Yeah. Or I, even beer. You know, I'd go to Noble Beast and get some beer. You know, and they were always so nice and so appreciative. You just, you just got, I mean, I, I like that everyone kind of got behind each other, especially in Cleveland. But, I mean, th those are the things you, you kind of got to do. And th th that comes back to you. Yeah. You know, they'll remember that. Yeah, and I think the, um, uh, it felt good. And it just, it kind of is just like, so... It felt good. It kind of gave the purpose. The band was really unified around the idea of like doing that together. And we recorded, we released, we did a did a, a release show at the Music Box, and like they, you know, how COVID did these sort of like rise yeah. and fall things. Somehow we booked it's open, these shows. It's closed. It's open. It's it was great. <laughs> oh, you did. <laughs> it was just it just worked out. We only we only kind of hit the COVID wall like a couple times. Well, amazing. Hey, that's good because it was it was it's open. It's closed. It's open. Oh, oh we got to close it again. Wild, it was yeah. It's so nutty. Wild. It was nutty. And I think I think that up and down eventually, though, kind of caught up to the crew that was all sort of in when we were a real tight sort of five piece, if you will. Um, then we started adding new people, and then, but I'll say over the course of the last, I'll say since October last year, the band has really taken on a very like strong, like group mindset approach to things and it just it's really been very exciting to like play with everybody i hate to sound all boring about it but no we've just, we've just been very like professional and showing up and knocking our gigs out of the park and it's felt really good you know and it's coming from a place of like hard work and things like that that no that's the that that's good in that that time that that year that did a lot of stuff i mean like it's for me like it was i mean all of a sudden, I'm just, like, having, like, these reconnecting conversations with people I didn't really talk to. And I was, you know, having, you know, Zoom meeting happy hours with, you know, friends that I don't really talk to. And, and we stayed in touch. And, I mean, we got almost like we re-met everyone over again. I mean, it, it, it did a lot of stuff for, I mean, so it's it's awesome, but not, I guess, entirely surprising that, you know, maybe things got a little tighter for you guys. That's good. 
Yeah, so it's been it's been a, a journey to kind of get to where we are now, and uh, but it's been cool. It's been cool. I think everyone's good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, with so with the things like again, some of the the things that I've heard you mentioned too, like you know blues. So what are I, I remember the Disney soundtrack, but what was the yeah, yeah. Like, like what was it where you're just like all right. Was there like a group or a song or an album or something where you're just like, all right, that's what I want in some way, shape, or form? I want that. Absolutely. Um, so, go back to my pops real fast. Uh, he had a he had a large vinyl collection, kind of like you're saying, probably about the little eleven year old who loves Joni and Elton John yeah. and stuff like that. Um, we uh, we kind of grew up, you know, Cleveland Heights. We didn't have a ton of money and stuff like that. Like so, we my sister and I used to like make castles out of records and vhs tapes and stuff mm-hmm. like that so we, we were always playing in the music and in and and those types of things and we start listening to the records and stuff so like david bowie was a huge thing my dad really liked david bowie um over the years i've learned how influential like cleveland was to david bowie's career oh yeah 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 huge so makes sense why my dad was like extra into him now but um my dad loved classic rock and things like that um but like really listen to those records but I really think it was probably, oh man, this is gonna sound so gay. Um, I fucking love Mariah Carey. <laughs> I just love oh, Mariah yeah, Carey. Yeah, that is so gay. Much. Yeah, pretty damn gay, dude. <laughs> no, that's a you know that that's the reason I asked that that, that question is because the, there is like I think even people that aren't musicians I think they have a like a moment where they're like God I, I think I actually kind of dig music more than just a casual listener, yeah. you know like. Uh, I went through like phases, like up in all through high school. I mainly listened to hip hop, and mine is even. I mean, you're talking about like a Grammy award winning, you know. I mean, mine's really stupid. Mine was three eleven. <laughs> it was so dumb because I I was really into hip hop, and, and in order for me to kind of branch out, I almost needed like a like a buffer to get into other types of music. Yeah, yeah. Three eleven had a hip hop like it was three eleven. Oh, for sure. Three eleven's down. When I heard that, down down. And that song, that song, and then I just started, and then three eleven, then I started branching out more. And then it's, I think a lot of people do as they get older, they start kind of rediscovering or discovering other things that they really really like in terms of music but that was mine mine was even way stupider than yours yeah yours is actually you know again uh, I, I you know top top 20 artists of all time and i mine is like this rap rock duo from omaha yeah so yeah i, I, I you went. talking about 311 on the radio on the way over here um I've like I know a bunch of people who on three eleven day they go to Las Vegas and see their concert where they whatever. play for like four hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I could, if I had to give like a top five or so like albums from like that sort of uh, those sort of formative years, if yeah, you will, yeah, yeah. I probably would have to go with uh, Green Day's Dookie. That changed a lot of people. Yeah. Oh yeah, the secret track at the end. <laughs> so people still don't know that's there. Dookie, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, take that digital download. It was all by myself. <laughs> I was thinking of you. <laughs> I love that one so much. Um, the Bodyguard soundtrack. Okay. Yeah, it was one of those like, just lay on my waterbed and listen to. <laughs> dating myself now a little bit. Just listen to Run to You on repeat. Yeah. Um, man, uh, Lionel Richie. Anything Lionel Richie. Just uh, I don't know what it was about him. Uh, let's go with a little bit of man. 
So I told you I played hockey before. Yeah. This is a little detour, so pause at three. Hey. Okay. Uh, I used to listen to, I had these superstitions as you develop when you play sports. Sure. So in my, in my right skate, I had a penny and a dime. They were just in the bottom of my skate. I always made sure it was there before I played. And I had like a distinct few songs that I listened to um, before every show or before every, uh, every game. And this is where this is where Mikey meets the the athlete a little bit. Okay. The songs were um, Desiree's "Gotta Be." You gotta be bad. You gotta be. Holy bold. shit! I didn't you know who that was, but I do know that song. Yeah. Uh, love that song. Um, no doubts. Uh, don't speak. It's a great. But song. when I listened to it, you had to hit the first line with her at the beginning of the song. You and me. You and me. And if you missed the you and me. You weren't going to win the game that day. So oh, that's a lot important. of pressure for, for poor Gwen Stefani. A lot of pressure, yeah. <laughs> I wonder uh, how many to hockey this games day, she's time, lost. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, if I hear that song, I need to come in with her right at the top. Um, uh, LaBouche. I don't think I know that. She had a song called, You Wanna Be My Lover, Wanna Be Oh, my yeah. Lover. But she had a song called, Baby, Baby, Falling in Love. Falling in love again. No. I'm yeah, I had a really like gay soundtrack uh, that I listened to before hockey games, and it was great. Um, and uh, Ace of Base. I really got in. I got into the story of Ace of Base, like what, the, the singer. Whole, like I mean, she's a Nazism or whatever. Well, not necessarily. No, I didn't get in. Uh, I want to oh, go wait. on record. I was not into that. <laughs> Okay, um, fair enough. It was the 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 singer. Like she basically just became like a, a recluse. Like she. Oh, I don't know this. Yeah, I'm, I I want to say that I'm thinking of the right thing here. But the the blonde girl, the 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 singer, I think the is, is, is big as they got here. I think they were really globally huge for sure. And she was just like, I think it was, I'm almost positive it was her because I remember the story vividly. And she was just like, just basically just stopped going outside. Like lived in her house. She was just like, it's just. It, it's just absurd to even go out, and she just like she couldn't stand it, didn't like it, and uh, I will definitely be more aware of the neo Nazi stuff. What do you mean we have? Well, I, that's what I thought I heard at one point that they were. I I'll check know. it out for sure. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I, I just know. thought it was. I just wanted. I, th- to make I thought sure. that's where you were going to go with it. So. Well, yeah, no. Well, that's why I, I really wanted to make sure it was clear. I'm like, oh, it's a great. <laughs> not that, they have man. an amazing story. Not that. They have an amazing story, like, and you're like the neo Nazi. I did stuff not see amazing? that sign. <laughs> I didn't see that sign. Yeah, anyway, so, uh, so yeah, I definitely had, like, there were certain soundtracks and albums and stuff like that that were very uh, influential to me. Um, I remember having, like, Nirvana tapes or whatever, but I didn't really listen to them as a poser. <laughs> I knew what I really liked, Mariah Carey. Um, but Mariah Carey's, like, Daydream, and uh, as I got a little bit older, I started to really gravitate towards... Um, like British pop music, like Robbie Williams and some of the stuff. This is probably interesting if you know who any of these people are. But I know who all these people like, are. Robbie, I very much know Robbie Williams. He was in Take That. You got that it. it. Yeah. But you know what's funny about that? I always thought was he wasn't like one of the main. He wasn't like the lead singer. No, of Take Gary that. Barlow was. Yeah, and no one knows where the hell he is. At least I don't. Whatever. You but say. Robbie Williams became huge. Oh, absolutely. Really, like really, really big. Yeah, yeah. I love Robbie Williams so much. Um, yeah, dude. So I don't know. I've always I've had really like interesting 
experience with music because like I didn't really grow up in like a musician family I didn't grow up in like a performance family I grew up in a blue-collar family my dad painted yeah. houses my mom was a nurse um, and uh, you know I so just I had to kind of like find my own way through music but um, a lot of soul records and stuff like that uh, that's probably what really made me want to sing music yeah gospel music and for soul sure records. Oh, actually, yeah, gospel. Now that you say that, I, it's not maybe not like a massive, massive vibe, but you do kind of hear that in some of your songs too. I feel um, like I probably sing more like a gospel singer. And that's kind of what, yeah, like the 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 kind of like cadence in which you sing sometimes does. It's weird though, because I like kind of like you said, I'm a different singer. Like even today, when I was thinking about maybe singing on the on the recording here. I was like, I don't know, do I want to sing something where he'll be like, oh, yeah, wouldn't expect that voice to come out of you. Or do I want to sing something a little bit more lyrical? Or So I, don't, so I just, for hey. me, it's kind of like weird because I get to pick and choose what side I want to show sometimes. For me, when so, whenever anyone has come on here to sing a song, the most intriguing thing to me isn't the song itself, but it's the song that they choose. Yeah, right. Because it's, it's, it's theirs, you know? Like, I mean, if I was ever to, like, you know, interview you know, really, like, like large, like, global artists, I'd be really curious if they were going to, like, which one would you sing? You know, because you have this whole catalog you've been performing for X amount of years. It's, I know the ones that maybe their audience have all connected with and the ones that the audience all knows, but it's usually something that's like, I always really like this song. Right, right. And it's like, I never would have seen that comment. That's the most interesting thing about asking people to perform here is what song are they picking to, to perform? Because I'm I not had requesting about four one. mine that I could have done. <laughs> so <laughs> well, I just I think yeah. that's I think it's it's I think that's interesting. Uh, I always have um, for anybody, you know, like uh, uh, um, Karen Spear when she came on. I know Karen. She was she was awesome, and uh, her song was beautiful. I wish I do not remember the name of it, but I have gone back and listened to it probably 10 times wow. it was really good and i was really impressed with it and but then but just and again the reason that i i, I like it and always welcome when someone does it is because after i talk to them for an hour hour and a half and then they it's then it, it kind of makes the song a little bit different for me too because then i'm like now i kind of know your personality well, now you have a narrative for and now song. i have yeah. So now I kind of understand like what your influence is, what what you like, what you're about, things that you laugh at, things that you don't, and yeah, now yeah. you're gonna pick a song. That's kind of interesting for me. No, I love it, and I'm like, shit, I should do a song. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're not requiring. I keep up with the uh, hey, Joneses. I, yeah. I, I, it's not a requirement. It's just something I offer in case anyone wanted to. Yeah, but for sure. I always like it. I think it's cool. And, and she was another really, really good one, really interesting, and a lot more soft spoken. But she started, started playing. I was like, God, that is really. Well, she's one that I'm just like, you seem like somebody that would be scared to perform in front of because she's so soft-spoken. Yeah. And just, you know, she's not like a real big personality or boisterous. Not that you are, but, you know, it's just, it kind of took her a little more to come out of her shell to really start talking and joking around with us. But, you know, but then she was great. Yeah. What about, uh, in terms of, like, influences, like, like specific ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how is that kind of evolved over because i mean you've been playing for x amount of years now right um and i think the, the reason in my opinion that you do have variety in your songs is because you have variety in your tastes for sure. so how has that kind of changed over the last like say like five years well i think it's in caveat to that is because like we were talking about earlier so much more music is just coming out there's so much more to absorb right 
Well, it's interesting because I think one of the things that uh, I think one of the see, I'm, I'm like dumbfounded by it right now, even trying to like verbalize it. Um, but like the uh, I think the biggest thing in terms of like trying to develop and and grow with with a myriad of influences or tastes or whatever is. is what does that really reflect about like you as a person? And I feel like the the need to kind of have a sense of identity or or a or a point of view or something. I feel like we live in such a we live in such a world where you have to fit a, a, a I'll, I'll be more specific. We live in a creative world where you have to like well, this is your this is your mold. You know, th th this is what you represent. This is what you sing about. The, the, the this is who you're the hero for. The, this is who you represent. And I'm kind of like, and I kind of like, I don't not resent. That's a terrible word. But kind of, but you the, can uh, reject. I kind it. of reject a lot of that stuff. I think that's legit. Yeah, and I know. I think I know what you're saying too. It's uh. That's why I was when when I was like, I wonder what you were looking at to like. <laughs> sitting here like one of those little like sassy sassy witches i'm like well what were you looking at because that's probably two... not true anyway <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that song? no. Yeah, I, I wrote that song so you didn't think i wrote like that yeah <laughs> no i i think I, I think that's a we do it's, it's a lot more polarizing now where everyone kind of expects you every it's almost like they expect anything that you're doing to stand for something, and sometimes you're like, "Look, I just like the fucking song, man." Yeah, a little. Bit. I wrote it because I really enjoyed it. It was in my head, and I wrote it out, and it turned out like this. I'm not taking a. Sometimes it's just a three and a half, four minute song, right. and it's not a you know, a, 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 a you know, a, an underlying you know definition of what I think should happen in the Ukraine. <laughs> you know, it's just exactly. a song. You know, exactly. and, and it's. I know what you're saying, and especially. I think that even people like you that are are going to be that are more kind of out publicly can sometimes be like can understandably be a little more apprehensive sometimes to even explain some of the things. Yeah. Um so I, I do. I know and in talking about like, you know, even like your your picks, like you're making a joke about like, you know, Mariah Carey was yours and 311 was mine. Th there's also a thought that like, if you ask, I think, and this is my opinion, if you ask 50 people that same question, like, what's that one song that kind of turned you, they're going to pick one. I think a lot of people are going to pick what would be deemed a cool song as opposed to the one that it actually was. Right. Which is why I'm comfortable saying 311 down because everyone's like, well, there's no way that he thought that, that everyone was going to get behind that one. Right. Or you're like, Mariah Carey was mine as kind of like a joke, but it's the one that you liked. Everyone's going to be like, oh, you know what it was? It was... Uh, yeah, it was uh, 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 Bob Marley's uh, Redemption song, which is a great song. Well, you know, it's funny you say Bob Marley, because, like, I remember, like, specifically, like, family vacations, and this I was, like, toying around with saying a Bob Marley reference earlier. Like, uh, just, like, shit my parents used to play and stuff like that. Like, my mom loved uh, a Bob Marley record, or a tape, I guess it was, in the car. But, like, we would listen to this tape constantly. So, like, those types of things are super influential also. You know, just uh, so a little Bob Marley, too? I don't know. Maybe. Oh, I know. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. me, I, I do. I think Redemption Song is one of my favorite songs. I think it's a beautiful song. But if I'm being honest about the ones that are really kind of, the ones that, like, really, really stick with me, they're weirder ones. 
you know, ones that are, or even movies. Like when someone's like, what's your favorite movie? Oh, I sometimes Don't hesitate. Don't questions kind of give you anxiety a little bit? They do, yeah. because I'm like, I know what the answer is, but I feel like you're going to think I'm a dumbass if I say it. <laughs> I know. You know, everyone's like, Shawshank Redemption. I'm like, nope, it's Big Trouble in Little China. It's great. <laughs> you know, but I, I think that people have that thought, because going back to what you said, like, your answer's... You, some people think your answers have to represent something bigger than they really, really are. And bit, sometimes you know. it's just your answer. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't Ooh. know. But yeah, that's mine. Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> <laughs> Never Not, saw it. It sounds great. Oh, though. my God. You haven't? I haven't. Oh, man. I heard you mention it on one of the earlier podcasts. I was um, talking with uh, Mike. Which anyone listening can go back and scroll and go through all the entire The entire Guiltless catalog. Yes, it's available 150 on favorite something pod. episodes. I don't know how many we had. Um, I believe. Uh, I think, the... Yeah. Uh, uh, I know that you're movie guys, typically. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, big, big, like, movies were big for me. Like, that that was, I didn't think I really got more into music until I got a little bit older, but movies were mine. We had, like, seven movies in my house, just VHSs. Poltergeist, Indiana Jones. Oh, Lord, that tree scared me growing up. We had a tree in our backyard. I saw Poltergeist way too many times for a child that age. Oh, I'm telling you, it scared me. And I easily watched that movie 50 times before I turned... 12. Ah! <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the chicken on the counter scene is what fucked me up when the guy went to the mirror and started pulling his face off. Oh, Lord have mercy. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's still a problem for so me. So you mentioned Quentin Tarantino earlier. Mm-hmm. And like it, Those movies are a little too graphic for me. A little too... Some of them are. Yeah. Some of them are... Like, even like Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Like a, I, just, I love Inglorious Bastards, but some of them are just like, oh, was man. that necessary? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm a League Kill of Bill their, I'm a super. League of Their Own... Sister Act Two, Clueless. I love a League of Their Own. That's, that's, that's my lane. Sister right Act there. Two has, I think, one of the best musical scenes of all time when they're performing in front of the school. Joyful, joy. Oh, oh, happy day. Yeah, yeah. That's so good. Uh, so I just did. I did a theater audition last week for a uh, Cleveland Public Theater show. Okay. Uh, they called me in for a, a straight play, and uh, that's uh, a play without music. Exactly. I'm learning. And I was. Uh, I hadn't done a monologue in so long. The last play or musical, whatever thing I did was in 2018, and it was a Queen musical. So you didn't need to really have a lot of acting chops for that. So she was like, all right, we got, you need to do a monologue. I'm like, fuck, I haven't done a monologue in like ten, almost, I feel like nine years. It's been a minute since I've had to audition and do a monologue thing. She's like, I don't, I don't remember anything. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to recite one of the scenes from Sister Act 2. <laughs> so I was like, Rita, what are you doing? Is that music? When were you going to tell me that you were in a choir? Now you don't have time for a choir because you got to study. Now the music and the choir, if you butt mama me one more time, now your daddy died singing his shoulda, coulda, woulda. Is that how you want to end up? No, you don't have time for the choir. Now, the music and the choir are out. <laughs> so, I don't know. Just so everyone's aware, he was speaking to Lauren Hill right there. I sure was. And that was <laughs> Cheryl Lee Ralph coming in strong. <laughs> that would be terrifying. Not, I don't, and, and again, it goes back to what we were just talking about. Because picking the monologue, for some reason, I think, says something about me when I should just pick something that I have memorized. Yeah, it's interesting for auditions. It's a whole different thing. Um, because I went to school for this, like I feel like I have a little bit of uh, experience of making a lot of mistakes in <laughs> these spots. Hey. Um, and uh, when you're auditioning for something, you got to take an account for a few things. One is, do the people know you already that you're auditioning for, or do they not know you? 
Um, if they don't know you, you might want to do something that just introduces who you are as a okay. performer. If they do know you or you're going in for something very specific with a play or a performance, you want to pick material that directly reflects whatever it is that you're going for. Um, so, so it's kind of like a toss-up sometimes um, of whether you want to do something that you just feel really is your best work that you feel really comfortable in or something that's more appropriate for that particular piece or uh I think there's a lot of people uh, that's like I I didn't know that like I think that's a thing that people don't I I think most of us would default to what's the stuff that you know cold that you can do the best but honestly it's probably the thing you should do all the oh time, yeah right? <laughs> <laughs> but like so is that are things like that like like what I was saying about like well, whatever monologue you pick might reflect is that is that something that is taken in consideration uh, maybe you know maybe you don't but like if, if you're um, um, auditioning. Do you think that what you select has an impact on you getting selected? A hundred percent. You do, and and not necessarily. Sometimes I'm, you could be. Sometimes the way you look could like. Oh, we, we need we need someone who looks like they're in their thirties. Oh, that I get. Man, that, you know? that I so get. You might automatically. Yeah, you're get not going to be yeah. because there's like two of you. Yeah, they're like, well, I don't know. I guess that's all we got to go with this yeah. time, guys. That yeah. I get. Like yeah. they're not picking you to play Gandhi. Like I understand <laughs> that part. I, I, I it's because that does make sense. Like, no, this is this part calls for someone who's six five. So if you're five nine, you're not going to. This yeah. doesn't make any sense. But I mean. I don't know. I've always wondered about that. If if it's a because I think I, I think like people that don't perform, like people like me or anyone else, that that's really more just a fan. Really, kind of get are marvel and or but at the same time are completely oblivious to how that process is when you're trying out. Like, what is that? I think the the closest thing that we have is American Idol because the thing that Simon yeah. Cowell would always say is that's not the song I would have picked for you. Exactly. Like that, that, like that. I mean, well, you can, I mean, it's funny because, uh, so I have a musical, like, mentor guy that kind of, uh, that I sit with and we have lunch and we talk about things and he tells me to figure out what type of artist I want to be. And I'm like, okay. And then I'm <laughs> still trying to figure it out. But he, um, he, he truly believes and like, I can understand that like, uh, oh, there's fucking E.T. sleep. So, that was my cup when I was a kid. That was one of my movies I used to watch all the time Same. when I was little. I remember specifically curling up in a Papazan chair with my dad and watching uh. that movie. <laughs> um, but uh, but he'll tell me the my musical mentor, uh, this guy David Spiro, and he would say uh, American Idol killed the music industry, hmm? and I think a lot of it is that very thing. Oh no, the song you're doing has to say who you are, and it has to the audience has to know exactly what it is that they yeah. love about you. Yes. And it's like, and if you aren't that for somebody, then you're trash. You're gone. Voted off. So I think I can kind of see a lot of that, you know, and a lot of music has become about like, um, and I'll be honest, full disclosure, I fucking love American Idol. Love all those shows. Like, I like I like singing, so I'm a fan of it. I like watching it, like critiquing sense, yeah. them. I don't, I don't really get behind, like, too. oh, my God, I need to, like, buy every album of theirs, which is probably also the problem with American Idol. But, like, just as a fan of singing, like, I'll sit there and watch the critiques. and There's some great singers on that show. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You know? I think the thing that I realize more and more as I kind of, like, get a little bit more uh, experience under my belt, like, just kind of, like, really writing, performing, 
working a band, getting in front of crowds, and all this other kind of stuff is, uh, you have to understand there's always going to be a better singer than you. There's always going to be a better player than you, a better actor, a better someone who can answer questions like what are your influences better. There's always going to be someone who could do it better. But, like, I think to kind of bring it back to, like, what are the challenges of sort of, like, developing from those initial tastes or influences, it's kind of like, but how do you do it? How do you want to do it? And I think that's kind of, like, the framework that I kind of put everything through. Um, And to kind of, like, come full, full circle back to, like, major influences and kind of where I'm trying to go now a little bit, um, someone like David Bowie to me is just, like, someone who just really colored outside the lines. A lot of his songs he wrote with this, uh, or a couple albums he wrote specifically with a certain technique called the cut-up technique, which he, which he uh, borrowed from William Burroughs, who wrote Naked Lunch, which is really just taking a bunch of words, um, cutting them out, and then rearranging them into sentences or different ideas. So like, And then kind of backing into the song that way? I mean, so if you... Live, I'm an alligator, I'm a rock and roll coming for you. Like, those are written with the cut-up technique, okay. which is, like, taking, like, a, a larger block of text and just, like, literally clipping it into, like, magnetic poetry size words and stuff. That's a And rearranging them. So uh, Tom York did it, Radiohead. He, like, he picked it up a little bit. And just kind of having that freedom to just sort of, like, do that, but also evolve as a musician from Hunky Dory to the Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust into Aladdin Sane and then into then then we start getting into albums like that have uh, 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 fame and more into the 80s and things like that um, you really see this this evolution of him and his sort of he wasn't afraid to evolve past things and I think that 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 freedom to do that is where I think if, uh, when we go back to like the Apostle Jones and the Lilith EP was kind of like, hey, this could be like the different phases of art to come, the, diff- the different range of expression that you can expect. I always say for our shows, for Apostle Jones, if you don't like a song, just wait 10 minutes. <laughs> a couple of, g- 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 Something very new is coming. It's like me. a Cleveland band. It's like the weather. Just wait 10 minutes. It'll be better. Okay. So you said a couple of things there that, that, that were interesting, but I, I wanted to kind of not necessarily challenge you on something, but I did have a question because you kind of said them all back to back after you, you were having a discussion with somebody about what kind of artist you want to be. Yeah. Um, but then you were talking about kind of Bowie, his progression and how it kind of related to Apostle Jones, your EP. So can you even really ever answer the question, what kind of an artist you want to be? If you always want to be evolving. I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer to it. Oh, it's interesting. I don't know when I figure So let, let me liken it to, to something else completely unrelated, but I do think so. Uh, Peach Fuzz, she is a, do you know who she is? Yes. So she came out, she was amazing. And I was kind of tiptoeing around it because I, I didn't want to offend her. But then after like five minutes, I realized she was just a fucking great person. And I was like, this character, is it a character? Is it a personality? And I remember because it's the one th- out of, I mean, I remember this vividly because I've cited it a couple of times, and I was, uh, and she was like, you know what? I don't know. Uh-huh. It's still, it's still developing. It's still, I'm still figuring it out, and that really stuck with me. 
And every time I've talked to anyone, whether it be a comedian, whether it be a musician, whether it be an actor, an artist of any kind, I've always kind of likened it to that because I don't, I don't. And then it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. But there's so many different things coming out all the time: music, movies, TV. It's going to keep influencing you. So I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if you can ever really be done identifying who you are. Because I, I can name artists that I love. You know, going back to. Ah, this is a terrible example. <laughs> but, oh, let it happen. All right. So the band Silverchair. Okay, the Australian uh, group. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you remember Frog, the, the Frog Stomp, the, the first one that came out, came out when they were teenagers. <sighs> versus probably, what they, really much more rock, grunge, kind of more inspired. If you listen to the later ones, compl- I mean, it is completely different to the point where the lead singer, I think his name is Daniel John, said, we don't even play that old stuff anymore because that's not really who we are. You know, we kind of just developed. Um, that's the only reason because you kind of just let them like right back to back with each other, and, and it's it's a it's just an interesting thought, you know. Not even just as a person, musician, whatever. I don't know if it really kind of stop unless you're, which you're not a closed minded person. I feel like you would just keep taking more in and putting more out, and maybe it's different, maybe it's not, and maybe yeah. a little. From well, I here. think I think it kind of boils down to um, something Janis Joplin is famous for saying. Which is basically the whole point of music, and I'll expand it a little bit further and say any type of any type of medium that you're expressing something to someone with is to make is, is to make someone feel something. You know, like I can't tell you how many. And this is with a lot of respect to people who put so much work and effort into what they do. I go see a show, and I'm just kind of like, all right, great song, you know, great playing, but I didn't I didn't feel shit about it. You know, like. And I, maybe I didn't understand what you were saying, or I'm not trying to be like get off my lawn, dude. But like, <laughs> no, but like, no, 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 but like, I want, I want to know, like, like I, I always tell people first and foremost when they ask me what's my, I guess I'm, I'm getting comfortable now, <laughs> twenty hours later. But like the, uh, <laughs> I always tell people it's like I'm not really a genre person. I'm a song person. I don't have a favorite artist necessarily, even though I do like Mariah Carey forever. Um, uh, like I like my favorite songs come from all different genres. Yeah, and I'm not gonna be like, oh, I definitely don't listen to country because I love Believe by Brooks and Dunn. Oh, I don't listen to hip hop because I fucking love Tupac. You know, like oh, I don't listen to metal because I freaking like a, a King for a Day, like this Christian metal band. <laughs> so it's like, hey, I, I, I like all these different songs that I think are really gateways in and out of different genres that are connectors and the yeah. songs feel something. And I like singers cause I feel like the voices and the meaning behind the words and how they say them help bring those songs to life and the meaning behind the phrases and stuff like that. Like I'm a huge fan of it. And I think in terms of artistry, that's what I, that's what I strive to do through music. I, everything you said made sense to me uh, in terms of especially i can even liken it kind of the same thing like i can't say i don't listen to country i love willie nelson i can't say i don't listen to hip-hop i love the far side yeah and tribe called quest i can't say i don't listen to metal because i love kill switch engage you know like it just it's the, again there's just too much out there to kind of get bogged down to one and especially with what you do i just i don't even think it would be impossible i i, I just don't think you could physically not take in something like you going to a show and listen, whether it be um, a play or a movie or you know a concert, you're going to take something away from it a little bit different because 
for lack of a better term, you're kind of on the inside because you've seen both sides, but most of us haven't. Um, so I understand that. That makes sense because I've been to shows where I was like, I wish I was shazamming that third song because I fucking loved it. And other times I was like, nothing happened here that I care about. I wish I didn't pay for it, but whatever, I'm outside. Like I have that that kind of reaction to things. So I do know what you mean. It's a, uh, I don't know. It, it, I don't know what the term for it would be. It's just like an ever changing and even when we, when we talk about like like favorite artists like what if i asked you that like in two months or three months you know i think you're gonna have a different answer because maybe you're in the middle of you know like a really big you know country phase or a really big pop phase and you know you're gonna see something else that you that, that you're really into at that moment and maybe that'll come out when you write a song when you're really into pop music at the time i don't know it just yeah. it's it's there's no right answer to it and that's kind of the cool thing about, about it. Having a beer there. Sorry. Oh, I was covering for you. I saw <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> like I got, what? What is the meaning of life after all? Anyway, I was like, I wonder um, how long I keep talking about this. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I'm, I'm kind of glad that we sort of like iron that out a little bit because I feel like a lot of people feel that way about music. You know, like uh, I think one of the ways I discover music right now, and one of the things I really like is, even though it's kind of like a. Uh, a sore subject a lot of people i mean spotify is like discover list and things like that you know mm -hmm. it's very song based you know i don't need to know anything about the artist i could just hear the song and be like oh that's sick i don't know what genre it's going to be when it comes on and i fell in love with a lot of different music um from around the world just by that sort of like oh yeah mixed bag thing art artists have really turned me on to other artists like my two, the the ones I listen to the most are Deftones and Tool. Okay. Um, Deftones was really into The Cure and Depeche Mode, which I love both of those. Tool was really into Joy Division, which who I really love. But I discovered them after you know, uh, uh, Undertow came out, and then I started kind of listening to more and like interviews and things like that, and I heard Tool talk about how much they love Joy Division, so I got into Joy Division and started listening. I'm like, God, I love these songs. Like, artists turn me on to other artists, too, because I trust their judgments. Right, right. I, I'm probably a little biased. So. Hmm. So, now's the time. Yeah. If you'd like to play a song, you can. If not, we can just start naming our favorite movies. <laughs> okay. I'll play a song. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, man. We'll get you set up. All right, bud. You're all set up. So, tell me about what you're going to play and why you've selected this one. Well... The song I'm going to play is, has two titles. One is called, uh, one title is Ghost in the Sheets, which I thought was compelling. <laughs> the other, the other uh, title is just the word focus. Okay. Because uh, it's, said, it's said in the song. Um, but the, it was a song that was written at a songwriting retreat. Actually, I don't know if Karen talked about it, the Tara songwriting retreat at all. I don't remember. She might have. She might have. It's this guy, Elijah, a great guy, um, who kind of does these sort of like retreat getaways for songwriters or aspiring songwriters or people who are interested in it, whatever. You don't have to be a songwriter necessarily. Um, but we would do these quick writing sessions where you have literally an hour to write a song. Oh, wait. I think I do remember this now. Because you just said that like a... a Camera lightning rounds or yeah, something. Yeah, but it. she talked about writing one really, really, and that kind of stuff. I think she might have talked about. So this. the prompt was the prompt for what ended up becoming this song was uh, a memory, and um, we didn't really talk a lot about like personal shit 
and stuff like that. I've actually really I've had such a great time talking with you today. I really oh, have. thank you, man, dude. Um, thank you for having me. 100%. Of course. Um, but like one of the things that really kind of kept me out of school in Chicago for a little while and kind of like redirected me away from theater back to doing original music, which I much more feel much more fulfilled in ultimately. Um, was I really had a lot of struggles with like some like crappy addictions and depression and shit like that, like real human bullshit. Um, like fuck that shit, dude, it sucks. <laughs> so this song was kind of about working through some of those things and getting past, getting past some of those moments and finding a little bit of your like fuck that shit attitude <laughs> type of a thing. Cool, man. So right. from the word memory, this song focus came out. Walking, fine line, talking every day feels like a test. Heart is aching, your new stride you're making, baby. You out there doing your best. Rolling like the thunder, just beat down like no other. You're a vicious mess, what's left? Prayed in the poison, decided how it goes, and oh, that was how it went down, bet. Go on and break the chain. Time will not be erased. But focus, don't go insane. And focus, 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 don't go insane. Bounce off all the hater, the chronic masturbator, been the ghost in your temple of sheets. Though you kept on grinding and though your mind rewinding on how your life it used to be. Romanticizing, lying, a look, her friendship's dying, but hey, you did it with grace. No need to go back, so just sit down, relax. Take your mind off of the day hey, Go on and break the chain Time will not be arraigned But focus, 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 focus Don't go insane And focus, 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 focus Don't go insane And the conclusion could be someone that you're losing But bitch, is it the worst thing? Cause you've been relying on a bed that others lie in Does it really got to stay that way? Just give yourself credit, live like you don't regret it Fake it until you make it someday Some others say that's it, just eat what's on your dish 
they never been stopped by fate. Oh, hey, hey, go on and break the chain. Time will not be a rain. Focus, 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 focus. Don't go insane. And focus, 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 focus. Don't go insane. Beautiful, man. Thanks, man. Beautiful. Thank you so much for doing that. That is so cool. Oh, man. So that song is available on Spotify. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, for real. It's the, we have a studio version of that song that has uh, like an 808 drum kit in the background. Um, and it's a pretty vibey track. So the intention with that was to make more of a dancey type of feel. It's the, uh, uh, especially, I guess, what I, would, what I would identify as the verses was more... Again, it was it was again a different type of vibe than what I've heard before. And I think honestly, that's kind of the direction I'm leaning in. <laughs> if that didn't scare too many people away, but it, with the band, it's been translating really well. Yeah, like uh, I definitely I love hip hop. I love quick words and stuff like that. Yeah, so. that's what I mean. That, that's what that, that's what stood out versus what I've heard in the last two weeks versus that. I like that a lot. Thanks, dude. Thanks. That was a, uh, and you were talking about kind of like getting through some of those things. It's funny, like when I when I. That's and we can close with this. I don't want to keep. It's a school night, uh, <laughs> but you know, I I always think about not just like you know the 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 artist, but the listener. You know, like um, when especially when they're going through when you want to call it tough times or depression things like that. Like it's a it, you get at least for me get really selective about the things that you listen to. Um, like I had a really really rough year in twenty eighteen. It was just. A garbage year, wall to wall, and then shit. It sucked, and I swear to God, I only listened to like four songs for like an entire year. Yeah, that repeat button gets wore out. Yeah, yeah. I, I just couldn't stop listening to the same four songs. I didn't want to hear anything else, and it was weird because like one was Kid Cudi's Day and Night. I just couldn't stop listening to I went it. Went to middle school with Kid Cudi. What? His mom. How is she just coming teacher. up now? I don't know. Cause we just talked about it the now. Fuck. <laughs> All right, next time. All right, next time. Yeah, we'll bring him in. Uh, <laughs> He'll be here in September. Uh, the war on drugs. Thinking of a place, which is a beautiful song, but it's also odd because I would never listen to a nine-minute song. But that one, and uh, uh, I was really into uh, Georgia by Vance Joy too. Oh wow! And but just I just would not listen to anything else. I would just, I'd even create like a four song playlist like on my phone and just like listen to that shit whenever I was walking or driving or whatever. So I get that. A lot of people connect with that too, man. That's good. I'm really glad you came in. This was very, very cool. I'm really glad that I got to talk to you and I'm really glad I got to hear this and kind of hear more about, you know, you, you know, like one of the, the, the ongoing themes we've had, you know, cause I mean, we've talked to people for like, we're about an hour and a half, but we've talked to people for three hours before. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's because I don't think you can, I don't know, you can't really get to know anybody in, in ten, well, I don't really think you can get to know anyone in an hour and a half, right. but you can certainly get a, a bigger glimpse about them. Cause then, you know, your personality comes out. Not even just when we're talking about, Hey, here's the music I like. Then it's the, here's the music I like and this is why you know right, it's, right. it's things like that it's cool i think people like that so again i really appreciate it where can everybody find your stuff 
Um, we are, uh, I mean, we're a boring answer. We're on all the socials. Uh, I tend to try to channel everything through the band project, so uh, Apostle Jonesing uh, <laughs> on Instagram, uh, ApostleJones.com for more traditional people. Okay. Um, uh, we, 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 we're pretty much a live bass band right now, so love to play a show uh, for you guys. Um, and it would be out of character for me not to mention this before we, uh, before we sign off here, but... Um, I think one of the things, like I mentioned earlier, that we were kind of privileged to really kind of play and connect with audiences throughout the pandemic. A lot of musicians and artists uh, did not get that chance. And um, in a lot of our live shows, we try to feature other performers who are up and coming. So when you come to one of our shows, you're really coming to check out people who haven't had a chance to like connect with an audience yet. So uh, we try to really value that. Um, but we want to encourage everybody, and I'm looking at the microphone when I say this. Very sternly, too, I yeah, might add. Yeah, very sternly. Um, get out of your comfort zone, you know. I mean, unless, like, get out of your comfort zone. Go see an artist that you've never heard of before. Go to a venue on the other side of town you never go to. Like, I think as a city, um, a lot of the artists are really doing a lot of great work, and I think um, artists and non-artists alike really need to try to step up to the plate and take chances and support people that you normally maybe wouldn't have seen before, especially pre-pandemic. You know, I think it's really important to the vitality of the city and the industry that, uh, that we keep that going so it doesn't turn into digital gaga and, uh, and we're able to re maintain a sense of humanity as the world kind of uh, rebounds a little bit. That's a good idea for, I mean, two reasons, obviously, like, you know, people when they see a live show, sometimes they'll take that away, like, this is a band I've never heard of, but also, fans of yours will listen to you about, you know, this is a band that we had on, and they'll give that band a chance. Like, again, like, my kind of, you know, finding bands by association of bands that I really like, I think, I think the same thing can happen for you doing that, putting other people on the bill. So, that's cool. I'm glad you do that. Maybe. It's almost like a comic putting an open micer unknown to try to give him a chance on a big show to, you know, you know get some ears on. Yeah, the great. Winchester, I was at an open mic, and this, this girl, Ginger Wicks, like, I found out later she's 17 and from West Virginia. <laughs> I didn't know. But um, but I was like, I was like, dude, you're so fucking good. You sat there and you, like, listened to everybody. Like, you have such respect for everyone. And I was like, I don't know what you're doing next Friday, but my band's playing here. I would love for us to just stop in the middle of our set, have you do three songs. And then, and then and we did. And she's had a, she's connected with the songwriting community up here and stuff like oh, that. Oh, that's so. great, man. But I, I love that shit so much, and um, I'm mean, even within the band. Like we have the members in the band all have projects of their own too. So we try to be very inclusive and supportive of each other. Um, I just think I think it's a Cleveland way of being. You know, I agree. I do. I think, I think it's so important that we that we keep that going. I think Cleveland is very very good at that. Um, you know, I liken it to two two people that I really like, and one person's been on here a couple of times. Lindsay Smith, who runs uh, Flight Cleveland. Um, she is good friends with Alex, who runs Jukebox. And these places are maybe a half a mile from each other. You would think they'd be competitors, but not at all. These two very much encourage each other. They push business. They're, they're like, there's plenty of room for all of us. It it's is. A, I mean, it's, it's really cool it's to see that. It's a paradox. It's yeah. like, oh, shit, you're doing well? That means I'm going to do well, too? Yeah. Yeah, that's how it works, man. So, yeah. I actually listened to that thing about your... We're uh, <laughs> kind of... Uh, pushing the cursor back a little bit but about the whole west 28th ohio city or that hinge town area yeah. development you know i remember when i was younger um 
just how important that area was oh, yeah. uh, before it turned into what it is now. And it is beautiful to kind of see Cleveland reclaiming these areas and these spaces and opening them up and making sure it's inclusive. So, yeah. <laughs> I do too, but I'm also glad that it's keeping its personality because if Jukebox got pushed out of there, I'd be upset. Oh, for sure. Because I love that place. And I, I love, love that Alex. place too. That One of the first bars I went to when I moved up here, and oh, I love that place. So. Yeah, good spot, great patio. Good food, good cocktails. Oh, yeah, great. All across the board. Well, cool, man. Again, thanks for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Appreciate you. And uh, everyone, please check out Apostle Jones. Check out Mikey Silas' stuff. Uh, check out the Gillis podcast. I assume you probably are if you're hearing me say this. Uh, and that's it. Thanks, buddy. Peace. All right.